Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we look at the impact of inflation and rising costs on demand for beef. And the report gives us a good outlook on the beef industry. The Saskatchewan Association for Resource Recovery encourages farmers to recycle their used oil and antifreeze. Real agriculture looks at inoculants in the field. A wild bird is found with avian flu in Saskatchewan. And the Agricultural Hall of Fame holds a major ceremony in Saskatoon on the weekend. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Food inflation is not affecting beef purchases, at least not so far this year. Brianna Grant is the Executive Director at Canfax Research Services. She provided a market update at last week's Canadian Cattlemen's Association virtual town hall. And whenever we talk about higher food prices or inflation um, with higher retail beef prices in Canada, the question that gets asked is, are we going to see erosion of demand for beef? And obviously at these very high levels and prices that consumers are facing, it is a concern and something we're watching. But one of the key things when you think about a consumer standing at the meat case in their grocery store trying to choose what are they going to take home with them is what is that price relationship between beef with pork and poultry as alternative proteins. That price relationship is still in line with historical price relationships. Slaughter cow prices have been rising in the first quarter of 2022. We have seen a seasonal spring rally with Alberta cow prices up at about 96 cents. This is 9% above year-ago levels and the strongest for this time of year since 2017. But it remains behind the Ontario and U.S. cow prices. And cow prices overall are really being supported by strong trim prices and reduced imports of manufacturing beef into both the U.S. and Canada. U.S. and Eastern Canadian packers have been focusing more on slaughter cattle while the feeders are moving through Western Canadian processing facilities. 
We've got total cow slaughter up 4% year to date, but all of that increase is coming from Eastern Canada, which is up 25%. That could be partly due to some changes in how overproduction of quota is being dealt with in the dairy sector. But right now it appears that packing plants in the east are prioritizing cows Versus in the West, you can see that we would normally see a decline in cow slaughter starting about mid-March. And that actually started a full four weeks earlier in mid-February. So cow slaughter in the West is down 2% year to date. And that combined with January exports that were steady with last year actually drops us out of liquidation levels for cow marketings in Western Canada at this point. Grant says more Western Canadian cows could be going to market in the second quarter. The concerns that we've heard from producers is about um, having feed supplies run out before they have grass available. And what is the condition of their grass available? Are they going to get timely rains? So that's some of the concerns, but I've also um, heard anecdotally that there are bred cows trading at fairly good prices right now with buyers out there. And so they're going back to um, cow-calf operations and not being slaughtered. The cattle sector is hoping processing facilities can match last year's performance. And last year we saw um, really high slaughter rates and packer utilization levels averaged about 94%. That surpassed the previous high made in 2004 of 91%. And we continue to see those high levels of utilization rates here in the first quarter of 22. And we really need the packing plants to continue to operating at these high utilization rates because we have ample supplies of cattle on feed in both Canada and the U.S. that need to be worked through. Brianna Grant is the executive director of Canfax Research Services. She provided a market update at the Canadian Cattlemen's Association virtual town hall last week. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca and Prairie Co-op. The Saskatchewan Association for Resource Recovery is encouraging farmers to recycle their used oil. Executive Director Ethan Richardson says his corporation recycles used oil in antifreeze and containers. Well, Sark is responsible for recycling used motor oil, used filters, used antifreeze, uh, and the containers that those products come in, as well as DEF containers. And of course, on the farm, there's lots of diesel being used, and uh, certainly the modern smaller trucks and uh, some of the others are are using lots of DEF fluids. So uh, we're seeing a lot of DEF containers come in from, uh, from ag regions. And where can these products be dropped off? Uh, Well, of course, SARC runs a network of free drop-off locations uh, across the province. There's 37 eco-centres that'll take those products for free if you can transport them yourself. Or if you're a larger producer and have uh, a ton of oil and lots of filters, uh, you can call a collector to uh, come pick those up from your farmyard. And of course, as always, we run a free market system here, so uh, you want to make sure you call around to make sure that you're getting the best service. So why should farmers consider recycling these products? 
we've got a long history in Saskatchewan of using our resources wisely from uh, recycling nutrients in our soil to uh, making sure that we're not being wasteful. So uh, to recycle used oil, it's a, it's a really positive thing. It can be re-refined into new lubricating oil. And as well, the plastic containers can be cleaned and processed and remade into things like drainage pipe and other plastic products. So it's a real win-win. So there's a lot of products come from these recycled materials? Uh, yeah, there's there's certainly a lot of plastic use. Uh, we've got some folks that are, are using it for plastic lumber, uh, as well as, like I mentioned, drainage tile and drainage pipe. Uh, and then also some are actually remaking these container, this plastic into containers for, for reuse. So it's a truly circular system. How does recycling reduce greenhouse gas emissions? That's one of the great side benefits of our program in that we are making responsible choices on how we're managing the end of life of these products. And at the same time, we're getting a bonus of, uh, of displacing greenhouse gas. So, of course, you can imagine if you're recycling a liter of oil, that's one less oil that needs to be pumped out of the ground, refined and, and shipped to a final market. So we do create a, a pretty big net benefit. Uh, we like to say that it's uh, recycling used oil and oil products in Saskatchewan. It's the same as taking about 8,000 cars off the road every year. So it's a, it's a real win. Where does a farmer find information on recycling locations, whether to bring his stuff or who to call? Uh, well, the best place to go is to start at our website, usedoilrecyclingsk.com, and then you can use our interactive map there, or you can give us a call directly once you find the number. Ethan Richardson is the executive director of the Saskatchewan Association for Resource Recovery. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. The wind's blowing, but we are uh, we are in the field nonetheless, so it's always a good day. So we're here today to talk about inoculants. Before we kind of get into the depth of this, do you want to talk a bit about what inoculants are? Inoculants are a crop production input that are used for pulse and legume production, so peas, lentils, faba beans, chickpeas, soybeans are some of the common crops that are grown here in Western Canada. So these crops are all part of a really large family of plants that are very lucky to have the ability to be able to symbiotically fix atmospheric nitrogen and convert it into a form that the plant's able to use for all things growth. So where an inoculant comes into play is it provides high numbers of the viable bacteria that's required, so rhizobium bacteria that's required to create that symbiotic relationship and form nod nodules on the roots. The nodules um, are responsible for fixing nitrogen for that process. So now you mentioned rhizobium bacteria. Now that is the good bacteria. That's what makes the inoculums work. Yes, exactly. So that's the beneficial bacteria again that creates the symbiotic relationship with the plant roots and allows allows the the roots to form nodules to fix nitrogen for the plant ultimately eliminating the need for a grower to apply a synthetic nitrogen fertilizer with their with their pulse or soybean crop 
Now, are most pulse growers using a uh, inoculant at this point? Yeah, it's fairly common practice nowadays for growers to know that they need to apply an inoculant annually. Um, if a grower does not choose to apply an inoculant with their pulse crops, they would be solely relying on whatever native rhizobia population would be within that soil, which is common in our traditional pulse growing regions. However, those native rhizobia aren't as effective or efficient at um, nitrogen fixation, so that can impact the crop. And really, it's crucial for growers to apply an inoculant annually to maximize nodulation, nitrogen fixation, and ultimately total yield potential of their crop. So just elaborate a bit more, you're talking about why they're important, but really why is it so crucial that we're using these inoculants? So it's very crucial to use an inoculant annually because they're providing viable, high numbers of robust rhizobia when and where the crop really needs it most. And the grower's gonna ultimately benefit from the high high nitrogen fixation coming from the nodules that are produced from the inoculation practice. Inoculants are really different than traditional synthetic chemistries. Inoculants are regulated through the CFIA's Fertilizer Act, and they have different requirements for um, showcasing product and stability claims. That's different compared to a PMRA regulated product like a seed treatment or a herbicide. So it's really important for growers to understand that, know what they're getting out of their product. And that's ultimately, we wanna make sure all growers get the most um, out of their inoculant product. Okay, and if a producer has never used an inoculant before, what is your number one message? What's your number one take home? My number one take home, if you're not familiar with inoculants, you've never used them on your farm, make sure you're following all the best management practices, both for storage and handling, as well as usability when it goes into your equipment. Um, biologicals are living, breathing organisms. They're kind of like us as humans. They don't want to be too cold. They don't want to be too hot. So it's really important to follow best management practices to make sure you have the best experience with that product. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today a few flurries ending this afternoon, then mainly cloudy with 60% chance of flurries. Wind northwest 30, the high minus 1, the low minus 13. Tuesday, increasing cloudiness. Wind north 30, gusting to 50, the high minus 4 tomorrow. Snow tomorrow night, the low minus 9. Wednesday, periods of snow, the high minus 6, the low minus 10. Thursday, more snow, windy, the high minus 6, the low minus 11.
Friday, cloudy, high minus 4, low minus 10. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 0, the low minus 9. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high plus 2. Normal high is 11, the normal low for this date, minus 3. The sun rose at 6.13 this morning. It sets at 7.46 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is at Estevan in the southeast corner at plus 2. The cold spot up north, Key Lake, minus 12. Estevan once again, plus 2. Saskatoon, minus 7. Swift Current, minus 3. Weyburn, minus 2. Yorkton, minus 6. Cloudy in Regina, minus 3. That's 26 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-northwest, 36, gusting to 49. Humidity is 52%. The barometer rising, 101.0. Light snow in Moose Jaw, minus 3. Winds are from the west-northwest, 24, gusting to 39. Once again, Regina, cloudy in minus 3. That's 26 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Saskatchewan has its first positive case of avian influenza, a snow goose found in the Elrose area. Alberta has reported three cases in domestic poultry flocks, while there have been close to a dozen in southern Ontario. Dr. Iga Stasiak is a wildlife health specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Environment. She says it's not easy to visually detect avian flu in migratory birds. There are a number of different uh, diseases that can cause similar symptoms, so it's very difficult to tell. Also, other things like toxicity can cause similar signs. With bird flu, we are seeing more neurological symptoms, so birds exhibiting tremors, you know, seizures, shaking, sort of appearing lethargic. So there are a variety of different signs um, that birds can exhibit. Stasiak says it's uncertain if it's the same strain as found in Alberta and Ontario. We're not sure yet. So it appears to be slightly different than the strain in Ontario. And that's not unusual because avian influenza viruses can reassort and mutate uh, with other naturally circulating flu viruses. So likely along the way somewhere that virus mixed with some of the North American strains of virus that we have in our wild bird populations. Stasiak was asked about the danger posed by the bird flu. So this strain is still fairly new, so we're learning a lot about the potential impacts on wild birds. Um, So normally um, they carry flu viruses and they're not always going to have symptoms and it's not always a problem for the bird populations. With this particular strain, we are seeing more mortality. Still, I'd say low to moderate, the reports here in in Canada and parts of the U.S., although in some parts of the states, they have had larger scale mortality events uh, in the you know, thousands um, as opposed to hundreds or dozens of dead birds. Stasiak advises the public to report any unusual bird deaths. So we are asking the public to report any unusual mortality incidents, including uh, involving birds, um, especially, you know, waterfowl um, and water birds, but also scavenging birds like ravens and raptors. So we are going to collect all of those reports 
And in some cases, we will have our staff go out and actually investigate. Um, So members of the public should contact the Ministry of Environment inquiry line. Dr. Iga Stasiak is a wildlife health specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Environment. The Ministry of Environment inquiry toll-free line is 1-800-567-4224. Reports can also be made to the Canadian Wildlife Health Cooperative. The Agriculture Ministry says protecting commercial flocks include measures like keeping wild birds away from poultry flocks and their food and water supply, limiting visitors and monitoring bird health. Small flocks are considered high risk as they usually have access to outdoor pens. Small flock owners are encouraged to confine their birds indoors during the high-risk period of wild bird migration. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com There was a full house for a long-awaited induction ceremony for the Saskatchewan Agricultural Hall of Fame on the weekend. COVID-19 forced the postponement of official recognition for the classes of 2020 and 2021. A total of 11 people were honoured Saturday night. There was a good mix of farmers, ranchers, business people, research scientists and politicians. The 2021 class included former Saskatchewan Premier Grant Devine. I suppose my message today is that what's so important about this room is the attitude and several people have mentioned passion. From my experience in academics and in politics is you listen and you learn and you can lead. Other members of the 2021 class are Rick Holm, a former director of the Crop Development Centre at the University of Saskatchewan, Bill Jamieson, a founding partner of JGL Livestock, and Bob Tyler, a research scientist at the U of S, who has been referred to as the father of value-added pulse processing in Saskatchewan. The class of 2020 includes Adele Bittner, the owner of Agribiz Communications in Saskatoon. She's worked with nearly every major farm organization over the years. I want to recognize the farmers and ranchers as the people who truly inspire me. Their vision and commitment and passion is what genuinely motivates me every day. And I want to thank each of you for being the foundation of this industry the foundation of our countless industry organizations in this province, many of which I've worked for. Also in the Agricultural Hall of Fame for Saskatchewan, Class of 2020, former Federal Agriculture Minister Jerry Ritz. Agriculture will persevere. We will win. We always have, we always will. There'll be some tough times day by day, but at the end of the day, it's the strength of people in this very room that make Canadian agriculture work as well as it does. Also honoured, John Feige, a well-known cattle producer from Parkside who passed away in 2004. Jack Hay, who served as a volunteer with several organizations, including Prairieland Park and the Saskatchewan Livestock Association, and Eileen and William Lamont from Maidstone. The Lamonts were the first Speckle Park breeders in the province in the late 1950s. The final member of the 2020 class is Ted Sirienko. He started T-Bar C Cattle Company, was a well-respected cattle judge both provincially and nationally, and spent many volunteer hours on 4-H shows at Prairieland Park and Canadian Western Agribition. A group of U- University of Saskatchewan scientists trying to make life easier for farmers. Research officers 
At University of Saskatchewan's Crop Development Centre, Dr. Lipu Wang says the project's goal is to develop wheat with a stronger genetic resistance to fusarium head blight. We hope this interdisciplinary collaboration can advance FHV research as well as providing integrated disease management solutions for wheat growers. Dr. Wang explains that fusarium is linked to short plants, but wheat with shorter stalks is what farmers want because they want less plant and more seed. One part of the three-year project is to find new genes to make shorter plants which are resistant to fusarium. The second objective is to see what's actually happening inside the plants so when they become infected, researchers can understand the changes. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Purchase your all-weather windows with installation from Freeze Tallman before April 27th and you'll save 15%. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell 3.30 at 11.26.72. One red spring wheat gained 7.40 at 5.04.54. The rest were unchanged. Durham 5.51.16. Feed barley 3.62.54. Flax twelve ninety one forty seven, lentils nine thirty two fifty, oats three ninety one fifty three, yellow peas six thirty nine sixty six, and feed wheat three seventy eight thirty. At Minneapolis, May spring wheat gained seventeen and three quarter cents at eleven forty five a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest livestock quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee Brigham and Mark Report, direct from Heartland and Swift Park. We had 777 cattle on offer last week with cows selling steady to strong. Here are the quotations. D1 and 2 cows for $95 to $1.00, 2 up to $1.12. D3 cows, 70 to 85 Mature bulls under 1,900 pounds were 90 to dollar 15 and a half. Over 1,900 pounds, a dollar 15 to dollar 38 and a half. The steers, four to 500 pounds, two, 225 to 238. Five to 600 pounds, 210 to 235. Six to 700 pounds, two dollars to 225. Seven to 800 pounds, steers, 175 to 203 and a half. Eight to nine hundred pounds or one seventy to one ninety eight. Nine hundred to thousand pounds here's one sixty to one eighty two. Heifers, four to five hundred pounds, one eighty to two ten and a half. Five to six hundred pounds, one seventy to two oh two. Six hundred pounds, one seventy five to one ninety. Seven hundred eight eight hundred pounds, one seventy to one eighty five. Eight to nine hundred pounds, one sixty eight to one eighty two. 900,000 pounds, 160, 172. That's been the lead from the Heartland Market Report from SwiftCard. Good day and good marketing. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 4,700 hogs Friday, selling a range of 223 to $235 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 8,700 head, selling a range of 221 to $235 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, April 9th are Oli West 2020, 230.20, Oli West 2021, 233.30, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 223.52, Ham's Cash, 221.52, Thunder Creek Brick 226.20, and High Life Cash and Contract, $236.33 per CKG. Ham's Cash hog price today is down and four contract prices open lower this morning. 
On Friday, the Canadian dollar was down two basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.2589. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.22 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are lower to start the week, with the Western Corn Belt down by $1.86 U.S. 100 weight, while the National Formula region has softened 49 cents relative to the previous reporting day. Net carcass values for weekend April 9th came in lower than the previous week by $1.16 and settled at $104.12 per 100 weight. Weekly cutout values have fallen in five out of the last six weeks, and there are anecdotes circulating that the pipeline is presently full. Net demand remains relatively good in the meantime, but the export market has cooled and is more than 80,000 metric tons lower than last year, as China remains more or less absent today. Since the pressure that developed between the March 31st and April 5th sessions, lean hog futures have been trading in a sideways pattern for the past four, neither making considerable gains nor experiencing major losses. In the meantime, futures remain solidly in third place in terms of highs, outpaced only by 2021 and 2014. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. A community-based water monitoring program is set to take place at over 70 Saskatchewan lakes this summer. Dr. Carrie Finley, an associate professor at the University of Regina, and her research team are looking for volunteer citizen scientists to help with conducting some tests at lakes throughout the province. Last year, Dr. Finley says they were able to elevate their research with funding and a collaboration with water rangers who are based out of Ottawa. Last summer, the team had about 30 volunteers who covered around 40 lakes in the province, providing some 500 samples. Finley says there's some basic water chemistry, so researchers are just looking at things like temperature, salinity, pH of the water, the amount of oxygen that's in there. That could be important for the fish and water clarity. The project began about five years ago. Finley says it's too soon to determine if there has been any significant changes in the lakes. Given the short time frame, she adds right now it's more so just taking a look at basic geographical patterns, and so far a lot, the results have been what was expected. On the markets, the TSX is down 118 points to 21,756. The Dow has fallen 213 points to 34,507. Oil has dropped $3.83 at 94.43 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 31 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.22 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.